In this episode, we get to know an artist. Geeky, nerdy artist Brandy York joins us on the podcast. And we learn about BodiceCon, an annual board gaming convention in Vancouver, British Columbia. And lastly, we talk to Chad Gray with his game, Goatfish, being kickstarted this month. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid. Mindless there will definitely be some that that's probably our best. A lot that, of that's, stupid that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast, featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This episode has been brought to you by Vern and Wells, an all-inclusive members-only social club for geek professionals in the style of Victorian parlors of old, a space for this new breed of geek. Visit us at www.vnw. Dot club Vernon Wells Imperium in Imperio. Now to our show. Hey geeks, welcome. It's episode twelve of Geeks of Cascadia. Oh yeah. Woo! Yes, we did. We did make. We did make it. And uh, Paul, what's? Oh, you know what? I'm Blue Samurai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. You so are. let's go do this. And I thought I was Durango. You are Durango. No, uh, you Durango. Oh, you're not Durango. I'm <laughs> uh, not Durango anymore. Oh, who are you then? I haven't decided yet. Okay, we'll get back to that. And I'm the Costasaurus. I totally uh, rolled a one on the intro. <laughs> you did. That's okay. I did. I did. But that's okay. I'm, We're gonna keep going. People yeah, like that. Think about the percentage of chance of rolling a one. I that's mean, true. It I depends should, on what you were rolling. Was I should it, feel that good was a, about that. That was a d20. It was I mean, a d20. Oh, yeah. Then no, d20. that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. it is embarrassing. Well, that'd be different. Well, Blue Samurai rolls nothing but twenties. That's I've, true. I've witnessed. I roll twenties when it counts. Yeah. Which is during D and D. Which is tonight. Which we are at. Around the table. Where yeah. we play D&D. Where we play D&D. And we podcast. And yes. we're right next to the ice cream, which is a poor choice on my part. So, listeners, if you're hearing someone talk about they want a vanilla like a or a le- chocolate. A, a lemon a marsh or a coffee Oreo. There you go. Caramel and cone. a waffle cone. <laughs> uh, it's because we are right next to the ice cream. That's so when right. you hear them say Jumbo Scoot... That is was not Steve's nickname in high school. That's actually what they're ordering. <laughs> no, that's not what we call Steve in high school. No, Jum- it was Jumbo something scoop? much worse. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. So, Paul, what do we got on the podcast today? The podcast today, we have our friend of the pod, Brandy York. Yes. She is a local artist here in Everett. And mm-hmm. she drew our logo. Drew our logo, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And she yes. is just last weekend at Rose City Comic Con, mm-hmm. she brought out her. Um, Tabletop Nouveau calendars, oh, which are just gorgeous. Right. Check it out on her website, brandyork.com. And she'll be at OrcaCon, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully with more calendars. Yes, hopefully with more calendars. It is January. And what else we got? <laughs> oh, we have um, Rob of BodiceCon. BodiceCon? BodiceCon. Hmm. What's that? It's a cool um, war gaming thing yes. that happens in, it's got in, miniatures and in, stuff. In, in the city of Canada. They don't make and, on, and honestly, <laughs> that strange um, country up north. I can never find a bodice that fits me properly. <laughs> really? So maybe there'll be one at this con. Oh wait, no, it's a gaming maybe, con. Yes, oh no, yes. never mind. Excitement went down. Mm-hmm. Also, Joe, you missed out. I'm sorry, but we had a great time talking to Chad Gray of Goatfish, ah, which is yeah. a really fun game. And we really played cool. it at um, um, Games Plus in Lake Stevens, and we talked to him about it, and it was totally cool. That's going to finish it up for us. It's about it's ready to be Kickstarter. Kickstarter is going to be September 26th. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Really soon. Yeah. And what about con news? Yeah. Well, the soonest con that we have coming up is Geek Girl Con, and that is in Seattle, Washington, at the Seattle Washington. Sorry, the Washington Convention Center. Look for and, uh, the Costasaurus in his uh, T-shirt. Yes. Up uh, now, I'll be wearing that T-shirt. That's right, you will be. And um, so, until September thirtieth, the tickets are going to be forty-five if they're still on sale mm-hmm. for, for for a two-day pass. Mm-hmm. Or, but then after September thirtieth, they are going to be fifty-five for a two-day pass. One-day passes um, after September or by September thirtieth. Well, will be forty dollars. 
Um, kids ages 6 to 12, $10. Kids uh, 0 to 5, free. Then after that, we have BodiceCon, which they... Which you'll hear in the podcast. Bodice Con. Bodice Con. That is B O T T O S Con. And they've been doing that since 2007. So this is actually going to be their 10th anniversary year, which is pretty exciting. And they are a primary, primarily a war gaming convention. And that will be in a different country. Um, different country. Ooh. Yes. Is it still in the Pacific Northwest? It technically, so technically right. is. Well, it's it's in Cascadia land. It'll be in Vancouver, mm-hmm. Canada. So right up there in America's hat. So <laughs> there you go. You can go to that con. And then after that, we have a little con in January called OrcaCon. And that will be from January 12th to the 14th. And you can check out more information on OrcaCon at the website orcacon.org. Looking forward to that, and we will all be there for that. Yeah. Yes, I'm pumped. Is anyone here going to BodiceCon? I'm working that weekend. Oh, all right. I think I have drill weekend. <laughs> I think I have. I, I do have drill weekend. Sounds great. Though. So it's not like Joe's going to have to go. All Just right, well, great. Joe. Wearing a shirt. Uh, you know, lots of classroom prep. All right, well, hey. But for real, yeah. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. So, guys. I would like to make it there sometime. Did though. you do anything geeky at all? Oh, yeah. I, listen to, I listen to my favorite podcast, Star Trek The Next Conversation. <laughs> <Did> you? <All laughs> <right>. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you my... What was your geek thing? thing? Well, so I... Unfortunately, I had I had National Guard duty. Or, or fortunately, I did. So I, I did my duty. But I came home, and I went, Hey, guess what's playing tonight? And it's the Orville. So I don't know oh, if you I saw totally that. I totally forgot about I the haven't Orville. seen it yet. I wanted to know what your... Oh. It didn't get good reviews, okay. but I wanted to hear from people who actually watched it. So this is my honest review of it. I'm okay. still going to give it a chance mm-hmm. because it was just episode one. But I felt they were a little... They were trying to be either too serious or too funny, but not being too serious or too funny. It's like you got to pick Didn't one. really get the it footing did. it sounded it like. It did, yeah. I mean, at times like, wow, this is kind of serious. It's like... Are they trying to be funny here? I, I I don't get it. So I'm gonna give them a couple episodes. I hear it, it does get better as episodes go on. I'm a big Star Trek fan. You know, so I think we all are. Oh yes. I, I, well, you know, for the first two seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation, it was terrible. You know, and then I, they switched the uniform. I don't know. Hurt. I have that kind of patience. I actually, <laughs> so I liked all of it, but I thought it got better once Riker got his beard. Uh, the, the, the beard is a big step up. It gets a little bit better than once they get out of the jumpsuit. That's jump my suits. indicator. Yeah. Then it gets even better. So this brings me to the next thing, and it's my rant. So maybe we should have a new segment called Rant um, and Rants. Steve's rant. Blue Samurai's Rant. Blue Samurai's Rant. I What's hate rant? the fact that they're going to put the new Star Trek on CBS Access. Oh yeah. What's I that? have to pay to Does see. Does that mean you have to pay a subscription fee you to have watch to pay. it? They're going to have the first episode on there, but then after that, I have to pay a fee. That's just nuts. Yeah, I'm it not makes me watch very it. angry. Yeah, I'm, I'll watch the first one. I'm not what else am I going to watch on CBS Access? And what scares me is what what if all these little networks have their own access? It's going to happen. You know what they probably because all, that way they don't have to go through a main cable company. Um, or they don't. I mean, they save a lot on advertising. They get so, the. the it, might, it might be great though, because you get to see old episodes of Matlock and Murder She Wrote. <laughs> right, right. I can relive those days That's of true. the eighties, I guess. Right. Yeah, you could just oh, pretend man. you're a good old grandparent. Um, but the thing about mm-hmm. that is, it's one of those things that it sucks. But and surely enough, we're all like, oh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna pay to do that. But guess what? Mm-hmm. It works marketing and it's been working and they're getting like not just them but in general I remember when Netflix first did it people were like I have cable I'm not going to subscribe to Netflix boom Hulu I have Netflix I'm not going to subscribe to Hulu for their limited people do it so but at least with Netflix I can get different movies right it's not just the uh, you know I obviously I watch all the Marvel stuff with Defenders and Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Stranger Things which Paul hates which I don't understand and by the way I don't remember this Joe, but we had told the listeners t- to send an email if you didn't like Stranger Things, and nobody sent an email <laughs> hating Stranger Things, therefore Paul's wrong, and Paul's miserable. the only one that doesn't wow. like Stranger What's Things. also miserable is Danny Rand. What a crybaby. Okay. I, I, will agree. I agree to that. That's yeah. absolutely... Yeah. Yes. But he did a little better. 
He's like, eh, I'm too rich. Eh, I have people who love me. Life's yeah. going long. I have <laughs> to defend it. I have, I have, I have this amazing power. You know, uh, the truth is, uh, nobody wanted you anyway, Dan. Yeah, I should have been cast as an Asian person instead of a white guy. Well, that's probably true, but that's, true. that's my own personal opinion. Actually, yeah. I have the opinions of many oh, people. Disney is going to subscription service for their superhero stuff. I heard about that. What? Wait, no. I thought it was just Disney. Just Disney, like, animation, not the superhero stuff. Well, it's going to be their animation superhero stuff as well. They have a bunch of animations. No, but the stuff that Netflix has, they still have the rights to do that. Right. But anything else that they create, they can just put right up on there. I believe they're making a couple new shows that'll be on there. Huh. So, yeah. Well, uh, with that, listeners, we have just ended the uh, witty banter that we always talk <laughs> about. So, uh, <laughs> I think with that, what's first on the uh, First agenda? up, we have Brandy York. Great. Let's check out Brandy and see what she is doing. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table. Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey, geeks. I'm here with a guest artist. The artist actually did our logo. Brandy York, how's it going? All right, how are you guys? Doing Good. great. Mm. And of course, Paul's with me as well. Hi, guys. So, Brandy, how's it going? Oh, man, it has been a crazy year. Yeah, you've been, uh, how, what cons have you been to so far? Oh, geez. Uh, OrcaCon at the beginning of the year. Yes. Of course. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con, um, Phoenix Comic Con, which, boy, was that fun. Um, mm-hmm. That was where they arrested somebody the first day before the show even right. started. Wow. Oh, okay. that, was, that was exciting. Okay. Um, yeah, and let's see, where else have I been? Uh, it's actually been a slow summer for me. I've kind of taken the summer off, getting some other things in order, and... House hunting, so house, house yes. slash studio hunting. Oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> that, it, it's not yep. just a home; it's no. a new yep. work it's place. Gotta, for it's got to have it's got to have studio space. Right. And I've we've looked at a couple places that had you know four hundred square foot lofts above the garage that were just drool worthy, but the house on the other hand, not so much. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Now you do the full, you do the art full time, or do you have another no. job um, and do art? I am a full-time artist, but I also do contract work for a company called Imagination International, which is actually based down in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Their main focus is they uh, import and distribute Copic markers to the U.S. and Canada, but they also deal in a lot of different really cool, unique art supplies. Um, in fact, I have a set of paints sitting at home that I'm going to test out on painting minis with. It's oh, all uh, chalk cool. paint, Very but cool. I want to gotta break those out and play with it, but uh, it's confined spaces right now as we're living <laughs> with some friends until we can get a house so so for people who may not be familiar with your work can mm-hmm. you d- describe your preferred style oh boy um i have three fairly distinctive styles which tend to confuse people when they look at my my booths that shows they're like did you do all of this <laughs> um i do a lot of portraiture i love portraits i used to do portraits at disneyland mm-hmm. um so i have a real fondness for drawing faces and capturing likenesses and color and all of that um, and then I do a lot of Art Nouveau-inspired work, okay. um, which is a um, little portrait-based, but a lot more organic uh, thing, turn-of-the-century um, advertisements, and, you know, the French advertisements specifically. Alphonse Mocha was kind of the uh, father of Art Nouveau, so to speak. Uh, so I do a lot of work in that. Mm-hmm. I've just finished, actually, after two years, uh, my Tabletop Nouveau series, which is all the base classes and races of your traditional fantasy tabletop gaming. And it is gorgeous. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I just finally got around to compiling all 12 of them into one large poster format that just went up for sale on my Etsy shop last week. So, I think Donna has yeah. one of your pieces of art. I think it was... Um Female fighter, yeah, I think it is. That's part yeah. of, that was the first okay. piece in the series. All yeah, right. yeah, she yeah. has that. So since there's twelve, are you yes. considering maybe a calendar? Yes, actually, I need Ooh. I need to get off my my butt and do that. Now that you mention it, it's like oh, it's mm. almost September. Not, I yes, really need to do that. Calendar time. <laughs> <laughs> it is calendar time. Yeah, um, yeah. I just have to get it all formatted and sent in for printing and. Very cool. Yeah, and you know where a great place where you could actually probably sell that. 
Probably Orca Orca Cog. Cog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, if I can, still waiting to get my confirmation in there, but sure, uh, sure. you know, yeah. If I'm in, uh, mm-hmm. that's definitely something I'm going to be bringing in. So. Well, fantastic. Well, we love yeah. you. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we commissioned uh, our logo for you, yeah. which was Thank really you. great. That was fun. A lot of good compliments at Gen Con about awesome. it. Awesome. And now, didn't you didn't you do some stuff for Tabletop Game? I know it was the last time we talked to you. Um, uh, it's a Magic it? Meeples game called uh, Fires of Eidolon, or Fire of Eidolon. Okay. Yeah, so I did the cover for that one. Uh, they had another artist do. It was all 16-bit Super NES-style artwork so they had okay. another artist do the actual game pieces but mm-hmm. i did the cover for the game cool and where do you where are you going to be at uh i know you told us what conventions you were at i guess we should talk about what conventions you're going to be oh at. yeah yes. uh we've got rose city coming up here real quick uh september 8th through the 10th in portland and then i'll be at geek girl con september 30th and october 1st in seattle uh, and Geek Craft Expo, also in Seattle, November 25th and 26th. And then I'll be at Emerald City next year. And That's already confirmed. Yeah, that's already confirmed. Wow, yeah. I got my confirmation. I went squealing around the house that I got in, I got in, oh my God, I got in. Uh, yeah, so that's very exciting for me. I have not vended that show before, but it's I've been multiple years with uh, Imagination International. So it'll be very different being on that side of it. Is there any future... Um other, other. Well, she said, like, is there another game company that came by and asked for something or nothing? Nothing, nothing, nothing at the moment. Okay. No, uh, nope. I'm, I'm flying solo right now and all of that stuff. So I've been working on some landscape, uh, fantasy landscape stuff, but it's not my strength. So well, you know, right. it's kind of like starting back at the beginning, going, oh yeah, I have to learn how to do this first. <laughs> I have 20 years experience in portraiture, and I have not nearly so much in landscape. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a very different mindset going into that. And, and if somebody wanted to get a you know do a commission, mm-hmm. of course, how they get a hold of you and uh, what your price is like and uh, brandyyork.com, brandy with an I. Uh, easiest way to get a hold of me. There's a contact form there. There's also a calendar to keep up with where I'm going to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, prices really range, just depending on what people are looking for. I've been doing. Um, I've done a couple D and D character commissions in the last couple weeks and those are usually 150 to 200 depending on how much crazy detail they've got going on you know so that's that's where like you're you're playing D&D you have a character you've created that you're attached to and you you draw paint that character you send me an email and say hey I want you to draw this character this is Mm -hmm. what what their race their gender what they look Mm -hmm. like what they wear any particularly specific things about them scars Mm -hmm. hair color eye color you know things like that and then if you want to get really specific, I will try to be as specific with it as I can. Mm-hmm. If you want to say, hey, go for it, I, I go for it. Cool. So, yeah, wow, it's been fun. cool. Now, do people ever send you pictures of themselves and go, okay, I want this is who I look like. Can you make this character look kind of like me? I have not been commissioned to do that sort of thing, but I have done that sort of thing before. Okay. So that's not that's awesome. foreign. I know. Yeah. Wow. I, incorporate, I like to incorporate pieces of personality of people, so like I like to know... What this character is like, you mm-hmm. know, are they really sly? Are they really quiet and withdrawn? You know, because a lot of that reads in body language, also. Right. So, yeah, well, I could do my samurai character. You could, yeah, you, you should could. do your samurai Absolutely. character. You could do your uh, sorcerer, right? Uh, yeah. It's a warlock. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. See, that's Ooh, right. You could, uh, big you, difference. You could get your family crest on a banner. That's awesome. Yeah. In fact, in the Tabletop Nouveau series, the uh, sorcerer. Uh, piece of that series is the Pathfinder Sorcerer I played for like four years. Cool. So, cool. yeah, I snuck her in on that one. Is that your preferred so. uh, role-playing game, Pathfinder? Or uh, go I've GD transitioned fifth to 5th edition. Okay. I am very much an RPer. I like the story elements. Uh-huh. I, I like combat. Don't get me wrong. I love rolling my dice. I have right. so many, it's not even funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I rolled three 14s all at once last week on a... Um, uh, a portent role for the wizard that I was running oh, for cool. my okay. DM, and I was like, all fourteens. I I'm the only person who could possibly do that, yeah. uh, <laughs> but um, but I'm much more an RPer. I love the story aspects of things, and right. I feel like fifth edition has really made so much more of that fluid 
and you don't get bogged down mm-hmm. in combat like you did in Pathfinder. Yeah. And like, if you love the numbers and min-maxing and all of that, yeah, stay with Pathfinder. Right. But I'm so much about the story element of it that we we actually switched my Pathfinder game to Fifth Edition, the one that I run. Wow. So I had to do a lot of homebrewing. Uh, <laughs> right. We're still tweaking and rebalancing some of the class aspects, but uh, and the rules yeah. are a little easier. Yeah, yeah. and it's a lot easier to introduce somebody who's never played before. Yeah, and do you have a yeah. weekly? game that you do monthly uh, I have a weekly game that I'm playing that I've been playing a rogue okay um, which is a lot of fun I made myself play a non-caster because <laughs> I always play magic casters and I'm like nope nope I have to try something new here mm-hmm. uh, and then I run a game online with a bunch of friends I have oh. eight players wow wow okay big group uh, and they're everywhere from West Seattle to Michigan to Texas to cool. Iowa yeah they're all over the place wow. so are you using deep 20 Pro? Uh, what, we're what actually using use? Roll20. Roll20, yep. okay. Yep. How, how do you um, like that? I it Over the years, it has gotten better and better and better. We mm-hmm. still use uh, Discord for voice, uh, just because the system mm-hmm. does still bog down a little bit with nine people. Right. Uh, so <laughs> we, we stick with Discord for now. But... Um, I do pay the subscription to it, so I get a lot of the the good back-end stuff. And it's got the compendiums built in now, so Mm -hmm. I can just go, I want this monster, and type it in and pull up the sheet on it right there. So So this is your campaign that you designed. You're GMing this. Yep, I am. Can you insert your own art into it, and have you done that? uh, Actually, this piece I have sitting right here that is a test print of kind of an extension off Tabletop Nouveau. You'll have to take a picture of Yes. I will have this up for prints in my shop pretty shortly here. I'm still still doing some final tweaks on it, but... Mm -hmm. um, um, I'm starting another series that is all uh, Art Nouveau advertisements with D&D themes. So, like, the first it. one I have here is the East Cairn Armory. And East Cairn is a district in the capital city of my campaign. Oh, so right. I'm I'm cool. going to be sneaking a lot of that kind of stuff in because obviously I don't want to infringe copyrights anywhere. <laughs> oh, yes. We don't want to walk that line. So right. I right. have my own homebrewed, you know, everything. Um, everything but the rule set. So, yeah, it's, uh, which was an experience because this was my first time GMing anything. And Uh I went just full out. Like, nope, I don't want to run a module. We're we're flying by the seat wow. of our pants yeah. and going all the way on this. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, Paul and I do a um, weekly mm-hmm. game on Monday. We do it around the table. And, yeah. Yeah, and playing. My home one, uh, I, the one that I'm playing the rogue mm-hmm. in, is around the table with a bunch of friends. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we're up in Marysville. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, I know that... Uh, the same with Paul, just... Yeah. You were talking about 5th edition. Paul mm-hmm. just jumped in. He's the first time. This is my first yeah. campaign of yeah. yeah. D&D ever. We told him... We made him into the nerd. <laughs> yes. Excellent. That's great. And one of us. Yeah. One yeah. of and us. You're right about the role-playing. I didn't yeah. realize, you know, how much there was. Right. I thought it was mainly um, battling and dice rolling, and right. I thought that's, that would be what I would prefer. Mm-hmm. It's not. What I really right. prefer is the role-playing. Right. The story elements. Yeah. And, yeah. It's really, really cool. I, yeah. I love it how when you... I watch Paul trying to get into it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting character and yeah. trying to talk to the other person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I shocked my pl- the rest of the players in my group when I first sat down and pulled out the voices. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, here she is. Here we go. We're going to just go in and annihilate everybody. That's fine. Yes. Okay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> do, you, do you find this, uh, the fact that you're still, you're doing D&D and you're role playing and does it help you with your art? Sometimes. Do you get um, inspired maybe? Um, every once in a while, yeah. I, it's the story elements more than anything like there there are definitely um points where i want to go in and throw down some illustrations i've done some sketching of our campaign uh i'll keep a sketchbook Mm -hmm. when i we're sitting around the table and the the group that i'm the rogue in is also like eight people plus the the gm so it's a big group and I'll sit there with my sketchbook, and I one of my favorite sketches that actually came out of it is we have a gnome wizard, and she, you know, she's pretty tiny. So mm-hmm. the paladin picked her up one day, and she cast burning hands, and it was basically a gnomish flamethrower. Wow! So I did a sketchbook of him just, you know, holding oh, her and great. turning, and that's yeah, with her great. hands out, yeah. That's really. And so, and do you enjoy? kind of doing the new stuff or and i know that people can go up to you and and you usually have known characters that people like mm-hmm. that they, they purchase and yeah so how do you um which one do you like the best and i'm 
And how do you pick out? I mean, obviously, you, do you just go with what's trending? So I'm going to do some Game of Thrones characters, uh, or that's the smart way feel. to do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I also I don't like doing art from stuff I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm way behind on Game of Thrones. What? I know. I'm, well, we didn't have HBO oh. for a long time. Yeah, so enough, yeah. now I'm, I'm trying to get caught up, but I'm mm-hmm. only about most of the way through season three right now. So I'm, I'm getting there. But, um, yeah, I actually just finished a Daenerys piece because I freaking love and her character. That is also gorgeous. Thank and you. The one thing I want people to take away from this, if you're listening, <laughs> is follow Brandy on Instagram. She puts up her uh-huh. stuff, even uh-huh. works in progress. Yep. Sometimes you're at a show, and yep. you're just working on something yep. with your Coptic pens, yep. and you just post updates. Yeah, I'll post, yeah. It's really, Instagram really cool. is the easiest place to to catch most of my updates. Um, just that's It's just such an easy platform to work with. And every once in a while, I'll throw stuff up on Facebook, or I'll cross-post from Instagram to Facebook, yeah. because it's much easier than trying yeah. to remember, okay, got to go to Instagram, got to go to oh. Facebook, got to go to Twitter. Gotta, I mean, yeah. and that's, people think, oh, you're an artist, you just sit and draw all day. I'm like, don't I wish. Yeah. Mondays have become my social media and website update days, yeah. and trying to just like get everything set for the week, get Patreon mm-hmm. going, and yeah, I do have a Patreon, which is awesome, because mm-hmm. people can go in and you know, it's kind of like a monthly Kickstarter subscription, yeah, right, yeah, like right. for lack of a better term. But um, you know, so I try to keep that stuff updated, and I I really go in depth on there. I'm like, here's what's going on, and here's why I'm struggling with this, or here's what I'm thinking when I'm doing this. Because right. most people they're buzzing through Instagram, they're yeah. just looking at the pictures. Right. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time getting like super crazy in depth on. Mm-hmm. Here's why this piece is making me bang my head against the wall right now. <laughs> And you, even though you're an artist, you have to be a salesperson, right. a businesswoman, right. yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. otherwise you're not gonna, you're not gonna survive. The, the so. joke I make is I go to a convention to sell myself, you uh, know, <laughs> because <okay>. you know I'm, <laughs> right. I'm selling my art, I'm selling yeah. a piece of myself, yeah. and I, I totally, uh-huh. I've, I've gotten, you know, tempered to not uh-huh. everybody likes my stuff, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, right. I've had plenty of people sit there muttering under their breath about how awful my stuff is, not realizing I can hear you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, nice. So well, we like yeah. your stuff. Thank you. So that's why we commissioned. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of a, it's a funny place where like people want art but they don't want to pay for it too. Yeah. So yeah. it's that common like you see it all the time on online and people think like the whole exposure thing is blown out and not nearly as bad. Nope, that's mm-hmm, that's a hundred percent. Like people have no problem paying five bucks for a coffee, but five bucks for a print. Yeah, well, and I, I think know? I think you have a lot to offer, and I think I was just thinking right now, what a great like Christmas gift for someone who's like, hey, I'm gonna, I know you play D and D, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. make a character, yeah. for you, or, yeah. or I'm gonna make a character of my party that I that right. I adventure with, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're gonna do that, go through Brandy York. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're almost out of time. Um, Paul, do you get? Um, you know, we just I need to I'm make sure we. Um, punch on your details oh yeah we do what's your instagram yeah instagram facebook twitter is all brandy york art i try to keep it as easy as possible everything yeah b-r-a-n-d-i-y-o-r-k-a-r-t excellent yeah that's pretty much you find me everywhere there etsy patreon all of that is okay brandy york art well thanks a lot for coming yeah thank you and we're looking forward to seeing you at OrcaCon. yeah that comes through yeah me too always love talking to Brandy. She's so much fun and if you don't follow her on Instagram, you should because you get to see her lovely art. She's also just a really like, just a really kind person too. She is, yeah. yeah. She's a true gamer. Which yeah. I true love. nerd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pride in that. Yeah, I love her. It helps a lot when you are part of us and you draw art for us. <laughs> right? I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she, and she runs her own adventure, right? She yes, does. Right, she does. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But she never invites us. Well, that's because we're, we're, we're chumps. Probably. We haven't reached that <laughs> level. Like, what level are you right now? I'm only a third level podcast. Yeah. I mean, we got to get up there at least double digits before she'll start inviting you to. So, Brandy, if you're listening to this, uh, email us at geeksofcascade.gmail.com <laughs> to invite us to your D&D uh, sessions. Anyway, with that, what do we got next, Paul? Next, we got Rob um, Bottos of Bottos Gone. 
BodiceCon? Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, well, you're about to. All right. <laughs> Let's listen in. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Games and Gizmos. Games and Gizmos is your friendly local game store with a great selection and a welcoming community. Come to Games and Gizmos in Kirkland, Washington. Now back to the show. Hey gang, Paul here. I'm with Steve and Joe, the Costasaurus. We are now talking to Rob from BodiceCon. How's it going, Rob? It's going all right. Nice to meet you guys. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for coming. How's your um, How's your con experience been so far here at Dragonflight? Well, I've been coming to Dragonflight for 13 years. Um, I don't play as many games as I used to, but now <laughs> it's more about mm-hmm. connecting with my friends that I don't see all the time. Yeah. And it's more of a relaxed pace, but it's more about the quality of the experience. And Dragonflight is a great place to come to to make connections and make lifelong friends and, and play great, some great games. And the great thing is with these connections, you can uh, talk about your convention, which I, is in November th- uh, 3rd through the 5th. I can, and actually, um, I have a. When I first started my convention up for the first three years running, because I wasn't sure how things were going to go, um, Dragonflight actually sponsored me a hundred dollars oh, wow. because they have Dragonflight has a fund to help promote local events to right. help build the hobby. Right. So thanks to Dragonflight for helping me get my convention off the ground. I that's was awesome. really appreciative of that. And I think that's 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 what I've really in me coming into the cons these last few years is. That's what I'd like to see is the attitude of instead of like, um, you shouldn't do that because we want to do that with our con or our con's mm-hmm. better, but instead of like, how about we help all the cons and how about we all be great cons? It's more about the community, not about the business of the cons. No, I, exactly. I it's about building, like when I when I picked my dates, mm-hmm. A, I wanted to make sure it was, it was far enough after Dragonflight. And at that time, Conquest Northwest was taking place in late February. Okay. So I didn't want to have to force people to choose. So I kind of picked a date in the middle. Um, and so that was because I was relying on a lot of Americans coming up to help keep yeah. my keep my keep my break yeah. even number. Well, one thing we forgot to talk about is okay. actually where it's at too. So why don't we talk and, about and where it's also at? Also, what kind of con are you Bodiscon, when it started out in 2007. Um, by the way, it used to run in Surrey, British Columbia. We're okay. now in oh. we're now in downtown New Westminster, the Royal City. Awesome. Um, we got priced out of our last place, which unfortunately happens. But it's more accessible. It's on the SkyTrain line, and it's right next to the mighty Fraser River. Okay. So if you're coming with a significant other, you've got a great view of the Fraser River for that night after gaming. If you want a bit of a bit of romance, it's a good place to come to. That's awesome. Um, so BodiceCon and what kind of con is it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, it's start- sorry. I get. Distracted moments. No it was, if you say it's an insurance convention, then no, we're not, 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 not insurance because we have free health care in Canada. All right. uh, yeah. do. What is that like? Oh, man, no, that's I'm loving it. But anyways, BodiceCon is primarily a war gaming convention because uh, I'm a war gamer. I've been a war gamer for 40 years. I'm such a peaceful nation. Too. I know, oh, I know. But I love war games, and my thing used to be American Civil War war games because. Mm-hmm. Well, I love you. But when I started off, my friends were all war gamers, and I wanted to. I wanted to put on an event, because I've been a scout leader for years, uh-huh. and I thought, well, and I've been coming to Dragonfly, I thought, why don't we have our own convention? And no one had yet run a successful wargaming convention up north, because we just didn't have the numbers. Okay. Location is key, because a friend of mine tried to run it on Vancouver Island, bad location. Yeah, yeah. Downtown Vancouver, too expensive, so I'm out, I was out in the suburbs, and it started off as mainly war games. But then a couple of guys wanted to play some miniatures, and that's okay. We have a miniature convention, the Trumpeters. So, but I have a table so people can play miniatures. But it's always going to be a war gaming convention. But then some guys were bringing their girlfriends and wives, and they don't necessarily play war games. So now we do some euros and some science fiction games. Okay. But I joke with my friends, and it's always a joke that there's no Pokemon, Pikachu, or role playing because I don't play any of those anymore. Yeah. I have tried magic and role playing, but I like war games. Yeah. I like the fact of you're looking at how history could turn out, strategizing, thinking, but also, you know, it's a great way of just building social connections with your friends. I've noticed that you get some pretty decent uh, prices there. Uh, now, these are yeah. U.S. dollars, right? The weekend pass is $50. No, no, th- no, those prices are in Canadian. Canadian. Oh, yes. okay. It's cheaper. It is slightly cheaper. So. <laughs> So when the American dollar was at par, well, sorry, when the Canadian dollar was at par, right. um, I would still take if a friend, if somebody wanted to pay me in American dollars, I would take their money at par at the door. Okay. Um, if they're prepaying by PayPal, 
then obviously they're going to get the better of the exchange rate. Uh, okay. And when your guys' dollar was less than ours for a while there, uh-huh. I was still, you know, if someone was paying cash at the door, I still took their money at par. Oh, that's cool. cool. You yeah, know, because awesome. I'm, a, I'm about, I want to get people in the door to game. Like, if, if I have a friend who's a little short on cash, because it's mainly a one-man operation, me. Uh-huh. I make deals. I have my set prices, but okay. also I'll do what I can to get people in the door, because... The only thing is that you know if I if I cut you a deal and you're in a better position next year, pay it forward. So what's the yeah. current uh, prices right now? Right now, it's for a weekend pass. If you pre-register, it's forty-five Canadian. Okay. And gaming starts at nine o'clock Friday morning till midnight. But we get we're out about twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. Starts up again nine o'clock Saturday morning till midnight, and then nine to five on Sunday. Because a lot of people want to start making the trek home uh, two o'clock, yeah, three o'clock. Yeah. So things kind of peter out on Sunday. Yeah. And at the door, it's fifty dollars Canadian. Okay. Family rate, and here's the best part: if you're a couple, you show up. It's it's basically a weekend pass and a day pass, so it's seventy. Oh. My mouth, oh, okay. Seventy dollars. That's a great okay. deal. That's wow, great I love that you got like family rates like that. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. And you can bring two minor children in with you. Oh wow! Okay. And people used to say like, oh, couples rates. Well, couples rates, same thing. And for me, I don't care. Straight, gay, black, blue, alien, mm-hmm. couple is couple. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, that's and about I mean, the diversity been, and openness. Exactly, been very because I want to get people in the door, and I don't care what orientation somebody is because gaming is what we all have in common. That's yeah. right. And I see what we got. Uh, I'm trying to read off the flyer here, but what, what's the big thing you got going on there? Uh, um, we have our, our, our Rick White mentoring tribute. Okay. Uh, Rick White was a very good friend of mine. I actually met him at Conquest Northwest in 2006. And Rick was very big in our gaming community up in British Columbia. And sadly, he passed away of a heart attack in his sleep last year. And Rick was one of our founding members of BodusCon. And I wanted to find a way to honor his memory, to keep his memory alive. Because he brought a lot to our gaming community. And since he died, there's a big hole that some of us have tried to step up and fill, but we're not Rick. And so what we've done, my friend George Kelm, who runs my ASL tournament, he and I were talking, and we got the idea from Game On where they have the Hank Award. Hank was very big to Jeff Newell, and they're keeping Hank's memory alive. That was Howard Mortimer. Um, so with Rick, what I've asked is people to put in a nomination for someone that they who has made a contribution to the gaming hobby in the last year that's either mentored them or inspired them. And George and I haven't figured out how we'll determine it whether it's be votes or whether we'll look at the submissions and make a decision okay. as a panel. But the bottom line though is we wanted to keep Rick's memory alive because he shouldn't be forgotten. Okay. And I'm never going to... I'm still... Every Saturday I feel empty because Rick was my buddy. We gamed every Saturday wow. for the longest time. So you get uh, panels uh, uh, this no, thing? I've had friends have wanted to run panels, but okay. really the guys, they want to keep it as simple as possible. Sorry, guys and gals. They want to game. Anything that takes away from gaming, they don't want. So, like, we don't have dealers, but we have a board game swap meet. I, a couple of tables, they put their games, they're selling. I offer space. They do all the races and human sells. The convention makes more money off of the swap meet. Right. But it's just a chance for people to find games for their homes. Like, two years ago, um, we had a woman show up whose husband had passed away, and she had his wargaming collection. She didn't wow. know where to take it. Yeah. She brought his wargaming collection to my convention. And a bunch of the guys, I mean, over two years, she was able to sell off most of her husband's collection. Wow. And Rusty was able to move the stuff on to new homes. Now, yeah. where would they, what's the best place to stay? Is it Right at the hotel. hotel. We're okay. at the Inn of the Key in New Westminster. Okay. Uh, we have a convention rate of $129 a night. Canadian? Canadian, yes, Canadian. So your dollar is actually worth $1.20 Canadian right now. That's like $20 for us, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> we, we got the convention rate to the 4th of October. Uh, we've got 30 rooms in our block. Um, I believe that that's a room with a single queen. Uh, a double-double is 149 but it's still a really good deal. You get a buddy, split it, you're good to go. And how many people usually show up to this thing? We, in 2007, we started with 32 people. Last year, we had 125 people. Every year, it's about 10% growth. Okay. Um, this year, because we're in a smaller location, more intimate location, yeah. we're going to cap attendance at 125. Oh, wow. Okay. But, I've ne- but that being said... I've never had to turn anybody away at the door yet, and I hope I never have to. Yeah. But register early and get there. That's right. And for people wanting to find out where we are, um, the best place to find me right now is on Facebook, BottasCon, B-O-T-T-O-S-C-O-N. We're on Facebook. All right. 
Well, before we wrap up here, um, I think you just told us where you're at, so I don't need to do that. So that's great. So. Oh, and one other yeah. thing. Sorry. Besides my uh, Rick White wintering, one thing I have been doing every year, um, we take up a collection of food for the food bank. Um, because the way I look at it is that we're fortunate enough to sit around playing games all weekend. Oh, yeah. We have people wondering where their next meal is coming from. So any kind of non-perishable good is welcome, and it's all going to go to a good cause. That's great. Awesome. I love that. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Yep. Thank you for coming on the oh, show. Okay. I wish you good luck. On, Thank on you, guys. Thing. And You know, you yeah. show up, you come to the convention. I know the convention director. <laughs> I'll get you in. All right. And then hopefully maybe you, after that you can come by and visit OrcaCon as well. Yeah. When is OrcaCon? Well, January. Yes. January. On a weekend. I'll have to grab one of your flyers. Yes, you may. And I will do my best. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Thank All you, right. Rob. Oh, by the way, because it is... That is January 12th through 14th. There you go. And for a lot of people here in the States, that is the three-day weekend, and that's in Everett, Washington. Which right. is close by the Flying Heritage Collection, which I've been to several times. It is. It's nice. That's nice. cool. All right. Take care, Rob. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that was a good interview with Rob Botus or Botus of uh, Um Honestly, it was really cool because before Dragonflight, uh, when we met him, I didn't know it existed. So that was kind of cool hearing that there's a con only about two and a half hours north. Yeah, it is pretty cool, and I think he'll be coming to Orgacon yeah. afterwards. And right? Did you hear that? You better be coming to Orgacon now. <laughs> and so um, those uh, of you that are really big into war games, that is the primary focus of BodusCon is war games. You can bring other games if you'd like, but that is what they were created for and their main mm-hmm. focus. Well, next up, we have something really cool, right, Paul? We do. It is um, Chad Gray, of the maker of Goatfish. <gasps> love Goatfish. So, it's totally fine. Is that Goatfish or, like, Goatfish? It's Goatfish. That's right. Goat fish. My two best friends. Yes. Awesome. Yes. If you like goats, if you like fish, this is the game for you. Yes, although yeah. there's no fish in it. There is no fish. Did it's they all pay, goats. Did That's they pay true. you for that, Steve? That was a good little endorsement. Hey, you know what? That's one of the stretch goals. <laughs> you had yeah. your little... To pay for me. Like goats. <laughs> and you like fish. This is for you. All right, man. Let's go hear what he has to say. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show. Hey, geeks, we are here at Games Plus talking to our friend Chad Gray. Hey, Chad, how's it going? Going well, thank you. Excellent. And and you have designed a game with your daughter called Goatfish. That's right. That is awesome. We just played it. It was great. I hated it. Um, (laughs) Would you believe Steve Lost? I couldn't believe it. Uh, This this game is just not up to my level. No, it was a great game. I really did enjoy it, Steve just could not hold on to his goats. No, I could not. I could not. So... You know, we spend our time talking to a lot of uh, individual game developers, indie game developers, and thank you for coming to our show. Talk to us a little bit about your game. Give us the uh, elevator pitch. Sure. So Goatfish is a casual card game that's focused on a humor and highly interactive gameplay that's intended to be accessible to players of all skill levels. Uh, we designed it to appeal to younger players as well as older players, give an easy-to-learn game with a little bit more depth and strategy for people who want to keep playing games as they as they get older but be able to play with younger players. Cool. And it's, it, it's exactly that. It's that. There's strategy and it's easy to learn. Very, very fun. So, But kind of a combination of Go Fish with some action cards in it and uh, the ability to screw your neighbor. Yes. Yeah, we, we <laughs> really like Paul did. I, I multiple hadn't noticed times. that. <laughs> yeah, we think of it as a twist on the classic game of Go Fish. Mm-hmm. That the thing that's fun about Go Fish is that there's a lot of interaction. So even when uh, it's not your turn, you're interacting with other players because yes. they're asking you for cards. And almost everybody knows how to play Go Fish, yes. and little kids can learn it as well as older players. But we wanted to add that extra piece of interaction to be able to take cards and move cards around and, and shift and, strategies. And, and you can defend as well. Yep. You can go fish, there's no defense. You just right. pick up your cards. Right. Here, you, you, you have a chance to have some defense. Right. Now, you said you came up with this idea with your daughter playing a game of Go Fish. Mm-hmm. So, at what point did just kind of that light bulb went off, went, hey, you know what, I can turn this into goats. 
Right. I mean, or did she mention it, or how, how did that how did that happen? Well, I think we so like you said, we're playing Go Fish, and you know, after the third or fourth game, she's still having fun. I'm getting a little bored yeah. with with yeah. the gameplay because there's not a lot of decision making, right? right? And we started talking about can we make something that was a little bit more uh, greater depth and had a little more interaction. And we think goats are hilarious. There's there's all <laughs> kinds of funny goat videos and the screaming goat mm-hmm. videos. If you guys have ever oh, seen yeah. those, oh, we yeah. just think yeah. are, are hilarious. So we and then obviously goat fish kind of has a fun pun to it, yeah. a fun ring. So we started playing with that idea and then thought about different characters that we could have in the game that all f- fit within that theme. So I started right. researching different types of goats. And so everything <laughs> in here is is based on real life. Every goat is real and. The defend cards are based on real def- uh, things that people use to protect goats in the real world. Okay, like llamas, llamas, like security and, llamas, and security llamas. <laughs> we, we took some artistic license okay. with the uh, character designs. But you're like an expert on goats now. Yes, yeah, world renowned yes. expert. <laughs> so, um, are you a gamer? I mean, do you play tabletop games, RPGs? So obviously, you have a foot in it. In, yeah, in the nerd universe, yes, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm a gamer. I, I like to play tabletop games. Okay. I tend to play kind of mid to heavyweight games, but I also enjoy the simpler, kind of easy, casual games. Uh, I tend to play a lot of casual or uh, cooperative games. Okay. I think that's easier to get my gaming group into. Okay. Yeah, because they not everybody's mm-hmm. like a hardcore gamer and super competitive. So having the the cooperative aspects is is fun. So um, s- some of the board games and RPGs you play. Uh, so I like Eldritch Horror, I like uh, Caverna, uh, some of the legendary games, like the, the Legendary Encounters style, okay. uh, some of the um, the Firefly-based games okay. Are, okay. are fun. So a mix of cooperative and competitive games in there. And so uh, the art is pretty cool. It's very yeah, cute. So Thank you. how did you get the art? Who's the artist? Yeah, so I, I came up with all the character designs as we were playtesting, and my daughter actually illustrated all the original cards we had. Okay. So we okay. got these, this great, right. great deck illustrated by my mm-hmm. seven-year-old daughter. <laughs> and she's eight now, but when she was drawing her, she was mm-hmm. seven. And then I interviewed uh, a couple of different artists that I met through different networks, uh, some friends right. and some other artists that I knew, and met with a guy named Hank Barslog. And when he showed up, he had a bunch of goat illustrations he'd done just for fun. Oh, wow. So I said, well, you're you're probably the right person, you know, serendipity. Because I I know that, you know, Paul and I have been doing this, talking to different game developers. One of the most expensive things is the art. Yep. And so I've noticed you have a lot of different goats, a lot of different action cards with, of course, goats or llamas or something in it. Yeah. Um, So each has a price, obviously. So you've you probably put your own money into this game, like a lot of developers, hoping yep. that you know this will this will be big. Yep. Which, by the way, we love the game. Oh yeah, so. thank you. Yeah, so I invested a lot of my own time and money to get the the art to a good, solid place, and I think it it really helps in showing the idea and the the, the character mm-hmm. design is something that I feel is really important to the appeal of the game and finding characters that we think are funny, like the cards are funny. You know? oh, right. One of the things I love playtesting is people draw a card and they'll start laughing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was doing that. Yeah, I find that really rewarding. <laughs> you were laughing taking my ghost. I was right. laughing for two <laughs> reasons. I don't care about winning games, Steve. I care about making other people lose. Yes. You yeah. play differently. I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, and since we want to take the game to Kickstarter, at this point, Kickstarter mm-hmm. campaigns need to look really polished. Yeah, yeah. So right. we, we invested to up front to get it really close to being ready to release, and all we're looking for is help getting the print run done. What well, what I love is this looks like a professionally done, done game that I you know you'd get from any of these game developers right now, and so you've done a lot. How how long um, has this taken? I mean, from the moment the light bulb went off right. till till now, where we're looking at about two weeks or so till you kickstart it. Right. It's taken about two years. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so the the original prototypes and playtesting took about six to eight months till we got mm-hmm. pretty settled on the characters. Then we started doing art, and that took a while to get that done. And then we've been playtesting and, and talking to people for the last about uh, nine months at conventions, mm-hmm. getting more and more playtesting with the more solid products so that people could see what it's yeah. what it's going yeah, to look right. like and collecting feedback. You're going through uh, Playtest Northwest? Yeah. And so tell me about that experience, how that, that's helped you uh, develop your game. Sure. Playtest Northwest has been amazing for me. They've 
opened up a lot of opportunities to reach a lot of different playtesters, mm -hmm. given me access to local conventions, which has been huge. It makes it a lot more affordable, uh, accessible for me. Okay. And this past weekend, I was at PAX, PAX West, and we had about 26 hours of playtesting, and I have over 100 feedback forms of wow. playtesters. Okay. So I've been going through all those and <laughs> looking at the feedback. and. Do you have a chance uh, with Playtest Northwest uh, to interact with other game developers, get ideas from them, and have they helped you out in this? Absolutely, yeah. So both from the, the game design perspective as well as the, the marketing component, so understanding what, what makes a game, some of the usability aspects of mm -hmm. the game, you know, text size and game mechanics. So you know, I get a lot of playtesters that are mm -hmm. also game designers, oh. which, is, which is great because they bring a different mindset to the process. And then they also help me understand you know, some of the challenges with marketing a game or taking a game to Kickstarter and the, mm -hmm. the target market that I might want to go after versus people that I might may right. not really appeal to. So all of that has been very helpful, you know, so getting the exposure to the designers as well as the playtesters. So during this playtesting, and I'm sure you've done many modifications, mm -hmm. so were there any goats that you had to throw away that... You wanted to keep <laughs> right. Thankfully, sad or actually <laughs> right. So thankfully, the the ghosts that we got rid of and some of the cards we got rid of mm -hmm. were before we did the final art. Okay. So that right. was that was really good. And from the playtesting that we've done in the last nine months, we've we've had only just minor tweaks. So this is a, a second prototype print run that we have in front of you guys, and this incorporated a bunch of tweaks. And some of these cards you can see actually have a little bit of modified text uh -huh. on them. And that's just to clarify some of the card abilities. And there's, mm -hmm. there'll be a couple tweaks that we'll make before we do a final print run, assuming we can fund our Kickstarter. And that's based on some feedback from recent conventions. So thankfully, we haven't lost any goats. We, we've actually <laughs> had, like what I did. Yeah, we've had yeah. suggestions for more goats and different kinds yeah, of abilities, which is which is fantastic. That'll be an expansion. Yes, yeah, right? hopefully yeah. there's an expansion yeah. set. <laughs> so um, do you know that your Kickstarter is going up? Yeah, so our target right now is September 26th. Wow, okay. So coming up. Mm -hmm. And where are you going to offer in that Kickstarter? So we'll have a couple different options. We'll have just the game. We'll have the game with two of our cool play mats mm -hmm. and the game with four of our play mats. Then we'll also have an option to get individual play mats. So the game plays two to five players. And play mats are not necessary to play the game, but they're kind of a fun addition. They, they have the, the layout for the herds, and there'll be a little bit of There'll be some uh, phase phase information too okay. for, your, for your turn, just to give a little reference. Okay. Point. So do you have the dollar amount set yet, or is that still still, still in flux? Out? Yeah, okay. we're just getting final final numbers from printers and logistics companies. So mm -hmm. hopefully, we'll have that figured out in the next week. A little cool. nerve wracking, right? Very. You got to think of a dollar <laughs> amount, yeah. and you got to get this ramped up. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work, and we want to offer the game worldwide, and that brings mm -hmm. it's some additional additional wrinkles and also appealing to a younger audience means we have to do some other toxicity tests and make yeah. sure it passes all yeah. that stuff so it it gets caught the the nuances and the details can be a little overwhelming at times are you looking at like an early bird thing on kickstarter for the first couple days probably, probably not i don't want to alienate people who find the the campaign late yeah. so i'd really like to offer as much as i can to everybody who finds the campaign cool are there, are there stretch goals you want to share? You want to keep that under your hat? Definitely. There, there are some stretch goals. We want to improve the card stock. Um, that'll help mm -hmm. us. Um, you know, I, my, my goal is to have as high a quality product as possible because I think the, the game durability to me is really important. Mm -hmm. And that if we can make some minimum stretch goals, we'll improve the, the card stock, do like a two-part card box just to get a little more... Uh, durability to the box as well, yeah. but then we also have some characters that we've been play testing that we haven't done art for that we'd like to offer as stretch goals. Okay, so there's definitely plans mm -hmm. to add to the game play as well as the game quality with the stretch goals. You're probably gonna do a 30 day uh, 30 Kickstarter. day exactly. Well, that's what most cool. of them do. Yeah, yeah. seems to be the most successful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've definitely been cautioned against going too long. Right. <laughs> you need the stress. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get it now thing. That's right. Right. So. So tell me, you got anything else uh, in your mind? What are you going to do next, or is this, uh, well, definitely, this is it? No, this is, well. hopefully this is the, the entry. The, the idea here was to do something that was simpler so that I was more likely to be successful in getting it all done sure. yeah. and limit the complexities of, of a production run and, and shipping mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So I 
there are definitely expansions that we'd like to do to the game, but I also have some other games in, in kind of early stages that I'd like to do if this is mm-hmm. successful. Okay. Very cool. So if people want to take a look at the game, mm-hmm. um, where can they do that online? Yeah, so goatfishgame.com is our website. Very we cool. also have uh, facebook.com slash goatfish. Okay. Uh, game is also available. Uh, so most of our activities on Facebook, Instagram, and the website. So you can find all of our information through the Facebook website or Facebook or the website. And what are you planning on doing from uh, this point out? You're going to visit some more cons, maybe OrcaCon. Yeah, Geek so Girl Con. we're going to go to Geek Girl Con. Uh, hopefully by OrcaCon we'll have the Kickstarter done, but we'll be out. We'd like to go to OrcaCon as well and talk to the convention attendees about the game and show off the oh, game. That'd be great, yeah. yeah. And then we'll we'll probably be doing some other activities with local game stores before and during the campaign mm-hmm. as part of either Playtest Northwest or meetups. So there's a couple different meetups that we're going to be going to to show the game off. Well, that'd be great. If you're going to OrcaCon, we've got, you know, we've got our two game reviewers, uh, Kelly and Doug, who do Geek's uh, tabletop game review mm-hmm. segment for our podcast. So it'd be great to be able to have them play your game. Oh, yeah. Maybe earlier if I can get them. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I would love to do it. They're millennials. They love this stuff. They have the time. <laughs> Unlike us, we don't have time. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I had a great time playing your game. Is oh, there yeah. anything else you want to add, Chad? No, I just want to say thank you. It's been my pleasure. It's been fun to meet you guys and play the game with you. Well, we wish you all the luck, and we'd like to tell this to all, or ask of this, of all of our indie game developers, remember, if you make it big, please remember. <laughs> I will do. Thank <laughs> all you. All right. Take thanks. care. So, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did recording that and talking to Chad. And please check out the Kickstarter. That is September 26th. It's a really fun game. Sounds like it's going to be really affordable and really cool. It was just really beautiful, the cards that he had already there. And it looks like a, looks like a real game. I mean, it oh, is yeah. a real game. Yeah. And um, I think he's going to do really well. I feel good about this. I think so. It's nice to talk to these developers that make it big. Yes, and I, and I really like these games that I can take to the bar, have a couple mm-hmm. beers, get a, right. you know, play it in like 15 minutes. Yep. Um, totally fun. I, and, and these developers that we bring in, um, after they make it big and we talk to them, then they pretend they don't know us. That's, <laughs> that's sad. But that's hey. okay. We're still there for you. Hey, Steve of, uh, <laughs> of, the, uh, uh, of the Geeks of Cascadia. They're like, uh, oh, yeah, we, we got to go wash our hair. We're you know really I busy. put a restraining order on you, right? Uh-oh. Well, so um, I think that's it for the podcast. So, guys, is there anything else we left to say to our listeners? I do want to throw kind of something, something out there. When I was over at PAX, there was this game company that just started up and their first game is called Cult Following, and so it's kind of it's kind of set up like a, a Cards Against Humanity kind of style, apples to apples. So it's I would say it's a mix between Snake Oil, where you pick two cards randomly and then you have to sell it. But what it is is you're trying to sell your cult, okay? okay and so okay. you have your cult, which has like its main focus, whatever they do, and then it'll it'll have a question and it's as if somebody asked you and you have to answer that question and then somebody's like hey yeah that's great it is hilarious they gave us a game for the OrcaCon library which I thought was okay. great and you can see them at cultfollowinggame.com or it's available on Amazon they said mm-hmm. but it was funny like I pulled some cards out where it was like my cult focused on um, only using ketchup on burgers or something like that okay. practically everything else is like mm-hmm. not and then, like, the question was something like, it, it was something like, um, what's your primary way that you worship? Right? So I had to think of, like, oh, if your focus is only ketchup, you know? And so it's just really ridiculous stuff. Um, it was pretty clean, too. Like, I know I said Cards Against Humanity, but it's not at that level. It, it seemed pretty clean to me, right from a box. But it was, it was like, a, it, was, it was just cool. It was kind of a cool little take, and I could see there being lots of laughter. They were great people, and again, they were just like, here's a game for your library. So You know what it cool. sounds like to me? You got to seek them out and interview them. Yes. Yeah. Well, we talked to, I didn't have the mic with me or anything, but um, and wouldn't have worked too well with my phone at that time. But um, if they come down to OrcaCon, which they talked about doing, um, I think we'll set that up. That'd be great. And if anyone wants to contact us, Paul, how do we? How do they get a hold of us? Well, they can go. Uh, they can email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com. They can 
visit our Facebook page, which is Geeks of Cascadia. On Twitter, we are at Geeks of Cascadia, as well as we are uh, Geeks of Cascadia on Instagram if you want to talk to us in pictures. Yes, and if you want a game review, just email us at the same place, geeksofcascadia at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to do a game review. Well, not us, but our two millennials, Mm -hmm. Doug and Kelly, with the Geeks Tabletop Game Review. Mm -hmm. So with that, I think that's about it for the podcast. Thanks for listening. So embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. Crazy sound checks. Really mic testing for the day. Okay. And that's that's really good that you have. I'm testing at the same time. That's really good that you have that tribute. I I mean I like to see stuff. We like put them on our shirt last year. That's really okay. Awesome. Rob, go ahead. Do a sentence. Give me a sentence. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Canadian. Don't shoot. <laughs>